Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why can't like you Vive, say tires? Vive Clicquot. It's the same Just thing. Just say tires. Uh, where, where do we pick up from? Hi, yeah. everyone. You're listening to the Center and the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. You've been waiting for it all year. Uh-huh. It has consumed your every thought. <laughs> yeah. Four teams. Yep. Two stadiums. You betcha. And that one idiot who leaves the game early to beat traffic. Uh, what? <laughs> this is the special college football playoff edition of the Center and the Saint Tailgate Show. Presented by Frost Brewed Coors Light. Whenever your mountain, climb on. I'll take your ass and morals. Now with legendary chewing tobacco connoisseur, Will Darkins, here's bow tie aficionado, Luke Anderson, on 1080 The Fan. Come on! All right! Happy freaking Saturday, Portland. Will Darkens is dancing like he's at a rave right now. Reminds me back in my 20s. Aren't you in your 20s? Early 20s. Should have gotten some glow sticks for this. Uh, yeah, maybe not. Maybe some gum. So I quit, quit doing this to my jaws. Clenching. Wow. What's okay. going on this morning? Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to our fine radio program. We're going to try to set everybody up for... The college football playoff. This is huge. This is the fourth installment of the college football playoff. I'm very excited about it because we might, I repeat, might finally get a good college football game. Might. Might. Possibly. There's no promises. Actually, that's not true. Last night there was two tremendous college football games. Hmm. <clears throat> now, the one that everybody wanted to watch was awful. Yes. Yeah. But you had, uh, what was it, Wake Forest, Texas A&M? 55-52. Nobody played any defense whatsoever. You know what's insane is that I wasn't even aware of that game until this morning. Because yeah. I had paid so much attention to hating on the Cotton Bowl. Bananas. 55-52. Yeah. Insane. The other game was, uh, what was it, New Mexico State against Utah State or something? New Mexico <laughs> sure. State, I didn't really watch the game. I, was, I mean, everybody knows I didn't watch the game. I'm not going to pretend that I watched the game. But how about this? Uh, New Mexico State had not been to a bowl game since the 1960s. Damn. Yeah, and they just won a game. What college town is that? I don't know. Is it in Taos? Ta- Taos is, I don't even know that much about it, New Mexico. That's in New Mexico. You have Santa Fe, you have Albuquerque. I would want to be in Albuquerque. And you have green chilies on everything. Oh, oh man, it's so good. The Frontier Restaurant in Albuquerque. Las Cruces. Sure. I know there's a Las Vegas in New Mexico, too. That's weird. Yeah, but there's all kinds of duplications of cities. I mean, 
look at the Simpsons. They're from Springfield. What's it, what state? Don't know. Because there's a Springfield in like every... I mean, we live in Portland, Oregon. We named our town by doing a coin flip from two guys that lived in different towns. Yeah. We were almost Boston. We were. Our The state that I live in, my home state of Washington, is named after the Washington, the capital of the... the it's very confusing. We're lazy out here. <laughs> makes it's a nice so mini rant. Yeah, thank you. That's going for. Are you excited about the college football playoff? I'm really excited, but you know what? I'm really worried about Baker Mayfield. I'm just super worried about Baker Mayfield. He went to the uh, media post this morning, uh, and he's he's suffering some illness, some undisclosed illness. Yeah, he has not been participating in any of the non-football activities associated with the Rose Bowl. So the Oklahoma team has, uh, you know, they've been going around and uh, hitting Disneyland and going on the rides and all the all the media stuff. Up until today, Baker Mayfield has skipped out on all of that. Now he's been to practice. He's been to practice. He's been to practice. He's not Allen Iverson. No. Been to practice. He's also, during practice, been wearing dark visors. He's been wearing those rainbow visors. Yeah, it's uh, it's California. It's yeah. Sunshiny down there. But you can't wear those in college because if you get a concussion, they have to be able to see your eyes before they uh, take off your helmet. Does he wear a clear visor? He wears a clear visor. Yeah. So it's a- Some hot, hot baker talk. Well, yeah, he's... The Heisman Trophy winner. He's one of the greatest Heisman Trophy winners we've ever had if you look at margin of victory. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that says that you were that good. Wasn't Troy Smith that good, too? Yeah. Did I not clarify the parameters of that statement? There's no way in hell that Baker Mayfield is just sick, that he just got the cold. This dude's hungover. I, I, listen, I'll tell you listen, this. one alcohol-related arrest preseason gives you an idea that this guy has a problem. Is yes, this guy has a drinking problem. And I'll, I'll, I'll put this back on my own experience. This is wild speculation. This is what way. happened to me when I went to the Emerald Nuts, um, Emerald Nuts San Francisco Emerald Bowl. I think that was the name. <laughs> that sounds uh, right. Before, the, uh, before I got on the flight, the night before, I went out with some buddies who were still in town, and we went over to this girl's house, and we just basically just drank drank everyone under I'm the table. I'm glad that that's where that went. Almost almost missed the bus to the the airport. I literally now, got a where call. Did, where did you finish in the Heisman standings? Well, I, don't, I think I, my, my invite got lost in and the mail. And remind me, the Emerald Nuts, San Francisco Emerald Nuts... San Francisco Bowl. Yes. Was that a playoff game? No, it wasn't, but we beat okay. Maryland. Ooh, watch out, Terps. Yeah. Yeah. That's Damn when Terps. that's when the Terrapins were at the top. Right? I was basically sick the entire time because I okay. had that bad of a hangover. Okay. So here's a question. Though I was redshirting that year. <laughs> so you were red I guess sh- I should have said that before oh, any bet. of this. Okay. So you were a red shirt. Yeah. Fullback, which was probably why I was drinking before the flight because I thought, well, there's no way in hell I'm going to play. Did you play? No, I didn't play. Of course, of course, I didn't play. Okay. So, Jesus, knowing you weren't going to play, you went out and you got drunk. Yes, and then you get on a plane and then you went to the. Okay, yeah. Is any possibility that the guy that won the Heisman Trophy mm-hmm. and is playing for a national championship or a uh, a game to get into the national championship contest? Yes. Any chance he's taking it more seriously than you did? No, I don't think okay. so. All right. Well, hey, listen, you're using your personal experience. Uh, you're painting a picture of what kind of college football player you were. I was actually talking to my brother about this. Did you last ever get night. arrested, though? And uh, I never got arrested, okay. but I was talking to my brother about have? this last night. 
I think Baker Mayfield is the manifestation of everybody's wish of what they really hoped their their uh, high school quarterback would have been. You know what I mean? Like no, he is a I perpetual. No idea what you mean. He's a perpetual high school quarterback. Like to me, because he's getting in a little bit of trouble. You know what I mean? But at the same time, he's still pretty damn good. It's like we have all these other Heisman winning quarterbacks as Marcus Mariota, who's like the the typical good guy who goes out and does community service. You have uh, who's that? Jameis Witt. Well, not Jameis Yeah. Witt. yeah. Uh, uh, Johnny Manza. Oh, no, uh, Johnny Manza. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, but anyway, I just think that you have somebody like <laughs> so Baker Mayfield <laughs> who just is like the that guy who you want. Argument. You'd, he's the guy who you'd want leading your high school football team. Eh, he okay. just seems like that. Okay. Well, I don't know. He seems like a damn good football player. It's what he seems like. And he seems like a guy that is has been kind of told he wasn't good enough time and time again. He had to walk on at Texas Tech, and then all of a sudden he got in a battle with Cliff Kingsbury, took off, went and walked on at Oklahoma, and has become one of the best college football players uh, ever. It's not bad. Yeah. I think you'd want him as your college quarterback, too. Yeah, I guess so. We're already getting it on the text line. Five five three zero five Bridgeport Beers text line. He actually did not go to the media post. He went to the hotel lobby because he wanted to explain why he could not go to the media day. Do you guys watch sports? By the way, there's photographic evidence of him on the media post. I just saw on Twitter. What the media thing was it was in the hotel though. Yeah, it's that's a media post. He was literally yeah. He walked downstairs. Yeah, he hotel, walked downstairs yeah. and then he sat down at a table yeah. with a huge banner to his right that was a picture of him, and then to his left was another massive yeah. banner that said Baker Mayfield. Okay, <laughs> so well, I'm going to call that a media post. Okay, yeah, it was, but it was downstairs in the hotel. <laughs> yes, it was. So you guys are arguing. You and whoever. Are Me and arguing. text guy. You and text guy are arguing. Or text woman. And what is that? Do you even watch sports? What? What are you I talking do. about? No, of course we don't. Um, Wait, yeah. Any possibility that Georgia just comes into this game and just beats the living crap out of Oklahoma? Because I feel like yes. they're going to basically game plan around this and do like a, uh, they're going to do kind of like what the Rams did to Seattle. I, I think what they'll do is try to get enough pressure going up the middle to make it so Mayfield has to spin out. And- well, not get out of the pocket, but has to either step up or has to just take what's going on right there, right in front of him. Like I could see that being a very aggressive and crappy pattern and this turning into a crappy game. Yeah, I can see that happening, but I could see it going the other way too. Here's the thing about Oklahoma. They can score. We know that Oklahoma has by far, by far the best offense out of any of these four teams in the college football playoff. They have actually the best offense compared to any team that's ever played in the college football if you compare where they are offensively to the second best team. So in the, all four of these teams are in the top 10 in offense, but the gap between Oklahoma is number one and number two, which I believe is Clemson, the gap between those two schools is larger than the gap between the number two school and the number 10 school which is UCF. So right now, Oklahoma is much, much better on offense, but they also have by far the worst defense that's ever been in the college football playoff. They sit like 56 somewhere in the country. So this game can go sideways a couple of different ways. So if Oklahoma gets out and gets a big lead, you could very easily see that snowball. You have a freshman quarterback in Jake Fromm that would have to then throw the ball. If you can make 
Georgia one-dimensional, that's, I think, the best opportunity for Oklahoma to do it. Now, in the same token, where if you can do the same to Oklahoma, and if Georgia can then just pin their ears back and just run back at Baker Mayfield, it's going to make it very difficult. So I can see this game going sideways a couple different ways, but at the same time, it could be really close. Georgia's offense is going to have an advantage because they're playing against the lesser defense, and their defense is, is much better, so it's going to make it difficult for Baker Mayfield. It's going to come down to... This game, I think both games are going to come down to who plays better in the big moment. I mean, as good as Alabama, that's, what, a, that's a hot take. Well, no, it is, but but look at Alabama, uh, Clemson, and just on the uh, the other side of the coin, they played two national championship games in a row, and Deshaun Watson damn near won the first one and was good enough to win the second one. Those teams are pretty evenly matched. And Clemson is better on defense this year than they were last year. They're healthier going into the game, but they don't have Deshaun Watson. So all of the numbers, if you go through all of the offensive players that have returned for Clemson, their numbers are down because they don't have Deshaun Watson with them. Uh, Wayne Gallman, uh, Hunter Renfro, the names that you know on that offensive side aren't as good with Kelly Bryant as they were with Deshaun Watson. So does Kelly Bryant have enough to come out and, and do it? Well, I don't know. I, I, I tend to lean towards Alabama because now you've got Jalen Hurts who's got another year and he's got a ton of big game experience. But the, the flip side of it and the, the game that we're talking about right now between Oklahoma and Georgia, what can you expect from a Georgia offense that really, I mean, they played one, they had one big game victory and that was their rematch against Auburn. And it wasn't that great of a game. You'd already seen the team, like, what, two weeks earlier, three weeks earlier? So that's hard for me to give them a lot of credit for that win. So is that enough experience in big games for them to come out and you trust Georgia in that? And Oklahoma, well, their their championship game in the Big 12 is always a rematch, right? You play TCU again. They lost a game to Iowa State, and then their other their other big win, other than the Big 12, was very, very early against Ohio State. Yeah. An Ohio State team that got whooped by Iowa. Okay. Right? Yes. So, all right. When I say, yes. it, but you say it's a simple thing, who's going to play bigger in the all big right, moment? Sports guy. What? <laughs> Jeez. The longest rant. I'm sorry. I just need to prove to text guy that I watch sports. Of course you watch sports. We all watch sports. Watch this. I can, I can read. Okay. Here we go. Go ahead. Jake Fromm, he's uh, completed 63% of his passes this season. Yeah. He has a ratio of 21 touchdowns. To five interceptions. Okay. That spells consistency to me. Sure. At, I think at, as Georgia, all you have to do is rely on your defense well enough to pressure Baker Mayfield, run the ball enough. Easy sports guy. That's easy. Look at that. Look, yeah. Easy analysis. Okay. I think we need to change the tone of this show. We need to be more sportsy. Now what happens? Now what happens? Uh, their uh, run guy. What happens if if there's a turnover and Oklahoma gets an early advantage in the game? And now you need Jake from. So I'm sorry, 21 touchdowns. 21 five. to five. Okay. Uh, how many times does he throw the ball in a game? Mm, I'm gonna guess. <laughs> I thought you I'm could read. guess 15. I thought you could read 15. Not a lot. Now if he yeah. has to throw the ball 40 times to win against an offense, a high powered offense. But doesn't he have something like the? Uh, he he like has the uh, highest yards per average on throws. That's pretty damn good. Yeah, but they yeah. also have one of the best third down uh, um, completion percentages in the country. So you could kind of lean towards Georgia in this and say that, yeah, they're going to be put back in some hard moments, but I, I think they can convert. Did you watch Georgia Auburn one? Yeah, I did. 
they looked like they were a little over their skis. It did a little bit, but at the yep. same time, Auburn was such a kind of bipolar team this season sure. where they they picked their moments to be incredible, like out-of-body experience. And then you saw the Alabama game where there were just moments where you say, eh. Well, and then you watch, but then you watch Auburn, Georgia too. And then you go, oh yeah. But that's what Georgia wants to do is they want to get the lead and just hold you down. And they, they have the ability to do that as a defense. If Again, it's about making the team one-dimensional. I think that's what you can do. And Georgia has a defense that's good enough to kind of put their thumb on you and just hold you down. They, they go big brother on you, right? And they sit on your chest and then just poke your forehead. They can do that. But again, it, it, I think what happens in the first quarter of this game will kind of set the tone. And it's, you know, there's no guarantee that one of these guys can get out to advantage. I hope it's just two teams throwing haymakers back and forth where Georgia will have an eight-minute drive. Oklahoma gets the ball back and scores in two minutes. What what over-under for uh, minutes, how long it will take for Mayfield to get into a fight? I'm I'm saying a fight. I think Georgia's going to get into his head quick. Oh, I think no. they're going to apply pressure onto him, and they're going to just – you talk about the big brother poking thing. Yeah. I think they're going to poke at him all game. They're just going to say, dude, we are going to make you lose your composure. I, I don't disagree, but then they're going to try it. But He's hung over. Oh, he's geez. getting pressured. He's got to get out of the pocket. You ever been hung over and somebody's kind of, kind of pissing you off a bit? And you say, I've had it. I'm ready to fight. Yeah. You can't fight very well because you're hungover. You, yeah. you feel like you can puke. Yeah, I've been there. Been there, done that. Yeah, and your kids are like, you said you'd take us out today. It's like, I'm hungover. Can you stop? Are you disappointed that the uh, Pac-12 did not make it into the college football playoff? Oh, God. Well, they deserve to. I mean, I, you know, I don't know why Washington didn't get in. Washington <laughs> lost to Arizona State. Washington has a chance uh, to save the Pac-12 from what may be the worst bowl season any major five conference has ever had. I'll explain more next. Center and Saint, 1080 The Fan. Every once in a while the music comes in like it's underwater. It's because you put it in at the wrong conversion rate. I don't know what that means. It sounds like... This sounds like the song that like Satan would play once he comes back to Earth. You have to show me what you what you're talking about with conversion rate. I don't. Oh my God! Here comes the devil. <laughs> that was bizarre. I think, and if that's any sign to come, I think every song's gonna be like that this what? morning. No, because I don't. All right, well, I guess we'll be interesting to hear what these songs sound like. You know what? I'll, I'll say this. I actually at first thought that was the real song. For maybe like two seconds, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I go, oh, no, something's wrong here. Yeah, no, as soon as I heard the drums, because they need to come in a little hot and fast there. All right, that was bizarre. That's what I said to everybody. You know what that, you know what that sounds like? Hot and fast. Yeah, what's that? You know what that sounds like? What? It sounds like the Pac-12's bowl season so far. What a transition. You're welcome. What a professional. You're welcome. Listen, mistakes happen. You got to you got to roll with the punches. Yes. Um it may not always be an accurate depiction of the strength of a conference uh when you talk about how they perform in bowls, but I don't know if there's a better measuring stick than you're going you're playing non-conference games. How else? How else do you go this conference is good. This conference is bad. 
I realized Luke Falk didn't play. I realized Josh Rosen didn't play. But guess what? The Pac-12 has one bowl win against West Virginia. Their quarterback didn't play either. Yeah. Well, I think it's a summation this, of things that that lead you to the conclusion that possibly the Pac-12 sucks. Pac-12 has played seven bowl games so far. They have yes. one remaining. That is Washington Penn State. That is. Boise State, 38-28 over Oregon. Yes. Oregon didn't even score, I don't think, until the third quarter, maybe second quarter. Like no, I, no, I no, think all their the points second, were no, off of... They, they remember the two turnovers late in the second quarter. It was going to... Oh, I'm 20, sorry. Their offense didn't score. That's, yeah. You're right. Yes. Yeah, it was 24 nothing, and then you had the two defensive scores at the end. They went into the half 24-14 when it should have been probably 34 nothing or whatever it would have been, 38 nothing. It could easily could have been, probably should have been, a thirty point deficit going into the half. And you they don't have still any, you don't have any Royce Freeman. I guess that's what you you can sure. put that okay. on the table. Shut up. They, on the line of scrimmage, they got beat by Boise State. Right, bad. Uh, Utah got the thirty fourteen victory over West Virginia again, playing without their quarterback. If we're going to do the caveats for both sides, you got to do that. Uh, Kansas State. Beat UCLA 35-17, no Rosen in that game. Arizona lost 38-35 uh, uh, to Purdue. Uh, Was- yeah, and then Khalil Tate had an insane game, and they couldn't even win. Washington State uh, 42-17 loss to Michigan State. And then TCU had that furious comeback. Um, that sounds familiar against Pac-12 schools. Ah. Uh, TCU furious comeback against uh, Stanford 39-37 victory. And then last night... How bad did USC look? How bad did... I know you're going to say the opposite here, but how bad did Sam Darnold look? Sam Darnold looked awful. He showed flashes, is what I will say. That's pretty much like the perfect description for his entire college career. No, oh, he no, shows no, no. flashes, last, last year, but no, he kind of sucks. No, last year he was great. And in his bowl game, he was the reason they beat Penn State. Last season, Sam Darnold was amazing. So why isn't he very good this season? Because his team's not very good. I disagree. Dude, he got like it looked like it looked like a Hollywood uh, stunt reel of bodies just flying after an explosion when the defensive line of Ohio State ran through the O line of USC. Did you see what happened when a tight end tried to block anybody? I mean, literally, they just picked up the dude, threw him into the quarterback, then ran over and picked him up and threw him into the stands. I don't think it was literally. No, I don't think so. But, but- I think. What you have to look at with Sam Darnold is that the way he's playing this season is, is bad. the exact same way that he played the season before. And I don't think you can blame the team. I think you can blame other teams who have figured this guy out, which is, look, when he drops back into the pocket, he's not actually making reads. Go back and watch some of that game. You can see his head really not moving around. He's not really looking downfield. He's just kind of surveying the line of scrimmage to say, all right, how can I get out of here and how can I throw? Now, yeah, okay, maybe the offensive line isn't very good, but this is the same problem we're seeing with Russell Wilson right now in the NFL that his first instinct is not, where are my reads? It's, how the hell am I going to get out of here, even if I do have pretty good protection? I think that Ohio State played on that really well. And the perfect example was that pick six he threw where he didn't even think to look at coverage and he just threw and that safety came just zooming down underneath on cover two and just got it and went. I I mean, 
he looks like a guy who really needs to stay one more year to just refine some things. If but, he goes but, into the NFL explain now. This. Yeah, but explain this to me. What's one more year if the team doesn't get better around him? I think you have one more year to show that you can sit in the pocket comfortably. Okay. That's a, that's a big skill. No, no. And, and you may be right. But if you're evaluated as a top 10 pick, who cares? Like, like I, I, I realize the guy wants to do well, though. But if you have professional coaching, your job is to play football. You don't think they're going to work with you? I mean, you're making... You don't want to go in too fast. That's the thing. Do you want to get... When was the last time somebody went into the NFL too fast and that's why they failed? Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston is had a great rookie season and has regressed. He yeah. was fine when he started, uh, and and he's got worse. Now he worse. keeps regressing because yeah, of the because fact he, he went never, in too fast. No, because he never refined everything that he had in college. Like he, so one, his decision making is crap, and it's still crap. Yes, in but the if he NFL. stayed in college, it wouldn't be that much better because the game is easier. You go in there, you don't need to improve at the same speed you have to improve at it in the NFL. Look at Jared Goff last year and this year. A lot of it has to do with coaching. You get a coach in there and it goes, how do we put a system around you where we can make you better and make it easier for you? And he's succeeding. Dirk Cutter's on the hot seat and Buccaneers came out today and said that he's got a job next year. But you, you wouldn't necessarily have improved and had the same coaching had you stayed in college. I just... It, to me, it's the idea that if you go out and have a Heisman campaign in college, it makes you a better pro. You, we were doing this before the show. Just go through that list of Heisman Trophy winners and guys that had great college football seasons and go, how does that prove that you're going to be a great NFL quarterback? Just get to the NFL as quick as you can. Uh, and if you're going to be great, you're going to be great. That's a really bad way of looking. I think Mark Sanchez is another really great example of getting to the NFL too fast. Pete yeah, but Mark, Matt, Barkley, Matt Barkley did the opposite. Matt Leiner did the opposite of that, where they stayed an extra year and still weren't any it's good. It's a case-by-case basis where you have to look at a player and see where they need to improve the most and if they should stay or not. I think Sam Darnold, his biggest problem, and everybody will agree, is... Your decision-making. Sure. He has a horrible decision-making problem. That's not going to get better in the NFL. Yeah, in fact, when you have bad decision-making, it only gets worse. Yes, Jameis Winston did good his first season, but now he is completely regressed because the coaching staff hasn't helped him to, re- to correct that or at least to get better at decision-making. Old habits, they die hard, man. Well, sure, but again, the decision-making process he had in college was easier so how is it going to refine that well, if it's skip? not very good in college how the hell is it going to be good in the pros why not that's, get good at decision but, making in college so then when you go to the next level it's even better because you get paid millions of dollars oh, and your only job you're gonna get is paid to play millions football. of dollars the next year it's still going to be there again right? if you're evaluated as a top 10 pick how can you improve your draft stock all you can do is have a bigger microscope and have more scrutiny coming back for another year. It doesn't make any sense in my mind if you're sitting there and you're looking at the NFL and they want you and you want them. It's been your dream since you were a kid. You come back to USC and now if you don't want a national championship, now if you don't make the college football playoff and now you have another bad decision-making year, you drop down and, you know, that doesn't even bring into the fact the idea that you potential for injury and you have something that can, you know, affect your 
your physical ability to play football, but you have guys sitting out bowl games because they don't want to affect their draft stock, your stock's already high. If that terrible game against Ohio State didn't hurt your draft stock, go to the NFL because whatever you do next year, it's going to have to be marketably better for you to improve from being a top 10 pick. Where do you go? What's the improvement? If you have a Heisman Trophy campaign, you win a national championship, what are you going to be a top 10 pick? You already are. I don't I don't get it. What, Sam the, Darnold is none of Sam those Sam Darnold things. will come back based on your assessment that he has a bad decision-making skill. If he comes back, that's the worst decision he made all year. Wor- worse than fumbles, worse than interceptions, worse you than You think anything. that's the worst decision? Yeah, going back doesn't help you where, at all. Where do you think he might get drafted? He probably'll get drafted top ten is the evaluation. So you can go and play for the but, Browns, the Giants. Oh, the, that's great. I the Browns coaching staff's really good. You know what? Guess what? If they're that bad, they're gonna be picking first next year too, aren't they? Uh, Do you really think the what, like the only way the Browns aren't picking first next year is if they play better? You get you you can drop in the draft and get picked by a better team. The only way to do that is to have a much worse year than you did this year. I would, if I was Sam Darnold, I'd rather want to get drafted by a team where I could at least sit for one season. I'm telling you, dude, if you throw that guy next year into an NFL game as a starter, he's going to screw up your franchise. Screw that guy up is not what ready franchise? Yet. The Browns? They have not won a game in two years. Yes, you will continue to Brown. Who cares? You will continue to suck. You, you cannot Because be your career's worse. done after that. <laughs> You're done, dude. You think Deshaun Kaiser's going to have any career after the Browns? Name me one Browns quarterback Did Deshaun who's Kaiser- left the Browns and then was good. <laughs> no one. Name nope. me one. None nope. of them. Nope. So you want to be you want to be Josh Rosen or I'm sorry, not Josh. You want to be Sam Darnold who goes to the Browns, has a crappy first year, has a crappy second year, decides the Browns then decide to bench him because they're the Browns. Yep. And then you get traded and then you continue to suck because you never developed or learned well. Is that what you want your career to be? Or do you want to stay at USC for one more year and then possibly wait for the Giants to let Eli Manning get into his twilight year where you get drafted by him Dude, you have one n- year to sit, then you play for the Giants? You have Why no, not? You have no promise of where you're going to go. The idea that you wait another year and you're going to have a better circumstance, I just think is wrong. It's the the NFL is a entirely different animal than the than college football is. And the funny thing that you look at, you look at guys like Carson Wentz, you look at a guy like Josh Allen who is rated amongst that. You don't have to have a great college career to be a great NFL quarterback. Hi Tom Brady, how you doing? In the NFL, great. Oh, you're the best ever. All you can do is hope that you get put with a coach that's going to use your talents and put you in the best position to win. There's no reason whatsoever to come back to USC, have another bad year. If you're a bad decision maker, what'd you say? It's very difficult to change bad habits. So guess what? You're going to have another bad year at USC. Maybe worse because there's more film on you. And all you're going to so do- So Sam Darnold sucks then is, is, our, <laughs> is our final assessment, right? He's just a crap decision maker- now- that that and was your, that, I'm using your words for He's a better Achilles Smith. <laughs> Maybe. Right? Time will tell. Kind of better. <laughs> Not as fast. Time will tell. Here's here's what I do now. The Pac-12 they're awful. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we'll end this. <laughs> they're terrible. They have been bad though, man. It's only going to get more entertaining and more terrible with Todd Graham leaving and uh, what's his nuts getting in there. Currently, the worst, the worst bowl season ever was 2008 by the Big Ten. Yeah, one and six. Wow, 
Right now, you're one and seven as a Pac-12. You're counting on Washington to pull oh, you out eight. of that against Penn State. Who's in the national title in 08? Was that Oklahoma, Florida? Florida, yeah. 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 Florida was your champion. There was a long time before the Big Ten played for a national championship after that, too. It's going to be bad for a little while. Yeah. What do you want to do, Blazers or more Pac-12 next? We can talk a little bit about the Blazers. Apparently, their owner is uh, putting on his scientist glasses and doing research or something. I'm going to look into why we sort of suck. The Blazers are very mediocre, and things need to change. Next, after news. Now, this one sounds great. Yeah, the slowed down sample rate makes everything sound like a blues song. Didn't do anything different than I normally do. All right. Just telling you. I know you're telling me, but it sounds like you did do something okay. different. But I, I mean, I can't deny that something's wrong with no, this No, no, song. no. There's definitely something wrong. Well, there's nothing wrong with it. I think the sound, this is the way Grand Funk Railroad was meant to be. Something structurally wrong with this song. <laughs> and it will continue throughout the show. So we're going to get some very weird mixes. Yikes. Some kind of wonderful, baby. That sounds... Kind of something. Sounds good. I'll tell you what's some kind of wonderful. Um, last week on this uh, silly little radio program, uh, I believe I told you that the Blazers would get victories over the Lakers and the 76ers. Two of the most hyped teams, which are actually not very good teams. Uh, Record-wise. Oh, oh, yeah. No, I'm sorry. They're just not very good at winning. Look... They're not great at winning games, but they're still pretty good. <laughs> so I just want you to tell me how right I was. Um, trust the process. Mm, trust the process. Trust. I still contend the Sixers are way better than their record. I, they're, but they're not. Like that's why you have a record. I yeah, but in the NBA, it's kind of it's fluky like that. Sometimes you have some teams that just what, get what? hot at some times. Like you remember us? We sucked last season until the last twenty games. Us? And then we won. Oh, the Blazers? Yes, the Blazers. You are a Blazers fan. No, I'm not. Not yes, anymore. you are. No, I'm not. I, I think there's times in the NBA where you can get hot and other times where you just kind of suck. I mean, you look at the Cavs in the first, like, 12 games of the season and everybody was like, oh, LeBron's pretty much giving up on the season. Then they go off and win something like 11 or 12 straight. Yeah, but there's a very, very big difference between the Cleveland Cavaliers who have played um, in consecutive, what, back-to-back-to-back championship uh, series. Back, back, back. And uh, LeBron James, who has played in now, what, 30 straight? Yes. Okay. Obviously, so, when LeBron James is on your team, that's... So, so, but but because he's had a true... It's an X factor. He has a... No, he's the factor. It's not an X factor. The X factor is like, oh, I didn't see that coming. LeBron James, you see coming. He's the number one, uh, number two, number three listing on your scouting report. He's a bad man. But he's proven it time and time again that LeBron James, you don't have to worry about. Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons have not. And if anybody is not as an organization, it's the 76ers. Trust the process when you have a over 500 record, maybe. How about when you start beating, uh, oh, I don't know, win a playoff series. Then maybe we trust the process. Or just get to the playoffs. Yeah, uh, there you go. But I do, not, I do not trust their process. Well, let's go back to the Blazers here because I now have the hottest take of all. Oh. And I've been saying for this, that. I've actually been saying this. We need for a, a couple hottest of years. take of all. Sounder. This is the hottest take of all. Can we get? Can we play some uh, slowed down Grand Funk Railroad? I'm not going to play that crap. Check this out. 
I think take, it's time to deal Damian Lillard because obviously we're better without him. Do you mean that? Oh, just oh, totally. Did That's, you see that? You CJ see. basically put the team on his back and won a game when we shouldn't have won that game. You sound sarcastic. Yeah, I am. Okay. Um, so you don't have a hot take? No. Well, no. Okay. Uh, but it is interesting. There was a report <laughs> from a local media outlet that came out this past <laughs> week saying that Paul Allen is now going to his, he has like some separate search firm. I guess that's yeah. what you have when you have that much money. He's got a brain trust. Actually, it's a brain institute. Too. That basically is going to look over the trailblazers and determine if uh, the problem they're having is of one of two causes. It's, is it the players or is it the coach? If you have a, a search firm, if you have a brain trust, if you have an analytics squad that evaluates basketball teams and their performance so well, why wouldn't you have this in place all of the time? Hmm. Maybe he's using it on the Seahawks. Uh, listen. They're like if, taking up all the, the I brain. I don't know. Whatever you need to do is, is put somebody on something. But the thing is, right now, in the NBA – the difference between the haves and the have-nots is is a wider margin than it's ever been. I don't think there's anybody that feels right now, less than halfway through the season, that, that it's going to be anything different than the Cavs and the Warriors. And I hope that it is, but if a team's going to creep up in there and, and contend with the Warriors, it's not this Blazers team. Well, I also think something's kind of weird about the fact that we're hitting the... I mean, this essentially, this news to me kind of sounds like a panic button type of news, right? I mean, you're hiring your search firm to figure out what's wrong with the team, but you're above 500. Well, again, I, I mean, again it seems because, pretty ridiculous. Well, it is, but it's, again, you're not going to be competing for a championship this year, next year, or anytime in, in the near future. As I kind of feel like you, you've known that for a while, you know? Well, again, I think I think maybe just now Paul Allen is going, uh-oh. We, need to, we really need to do something because I'm going to lose Damian Lillard at the end of his contract. This whole Any promise that we have in this team won't stick around. I'm going to have to make a big move by firing a coach, a general manager, or have instructing those guys to shake up this roster. And I think you know stepping back and taking an analytical approach to it makes sense. Um, but, but what do you do? What's the move? I mean, it's... I don't think you can fire Terry Stotts because... Well, I mean, you that can. Go, but. Yeah, but that goes against... You and I's whole theory, like never fire a coach unless something's be something better's out there. I mean, there's, you know, there's exceptions if you're Hugh Freeze and you're having sex with escorts. I think you need a new coach. But if you're Terry well, no, Stotts no, no, no. and you're listen, still listen, leading, if this nobody team, knows about it, too, you right, do, just well, don't just don't use a school phone. It's a very different situation. But um, you know, I, I just I don't know who else you're going to hire but Terry Stotts because the dude has pretty much led a small market team to what, five straight playoff appearances? Yeah, but I think those are even a little bit, you know, mysterious when you look at it. Cause really, it, though? It, yeah, sure. Because 41 and 41 last year was an eight seed. Uh, if you look at that four years ago, that would have been a, what, 12th? 44 wins was well, a... Well, eh, not that. You would have missed the playoffs, though, yeah. Well, Especially no, but, in the West. Because 44 wins uh, uh, two years ago would have been a 10th seed uh, uh, two years before that. And so you, you, if you look at kind of the arc of what it takes to get into the Western Conference playoffs, the teams at the bottom of the West are getting worse. And the teams at the top are, are getting better. I mean, the Warriors and the Rockets, Spurs, their records are inflated because I think there's less competition. I think there's less parity now in the West than there has been in the last uh, two or three years and there has been in, you know, the last decade or two and that's disappointing, but it, it allows teams like the Blazers to kind of coast and be like, well, we're a playoff team. You can't get rid of your coach. So 
I think if you look at it from that standpoint and go, why not shake things up? Remember, the coach for the Warriors was Mark Jackson when they were on the cusp. They fired him, and then they won a championship with Steve Kerr. So why not shake things up when you're close? Or, you know, at least doing well. I don't think we're even close. But you're a playoff I, I, team. Five I, years in a row. How can you fire him? You but just that's not him. close. I, I mean, close to me is if you're consistently getting past the first round or if you're, or if you're being competitive in the first round of the playoffs, to me, the trailblazers are at this point where now, I mean, I don't want to use the whole cliche of crossroads, but you're kind of at a crossroads. So you can do better than Terry Stotts. I I kind of want to lean towards maybe it's a Neil O'Shea thing. No, that's fine. I say fire him. I I think you're okay with firing Neil O'Shea. Yes, absolutely. Because I think I think the roster that Terry Stotts is working with. But you know what? I mean, it kind of goes against. But you know what? If I'm a new GM, you hire me as a new GM. First thing I'm doing is getting rid of the coach. But the big complaint about Paul Allen, though, right, is that he's done this so many times before. Like we, it's Portland has been known as a revolving door of GMs, and so now you finally get one who seems consistent, who brings the best talent that he can find out there and now you want to fire him it kind of seems like you're repeating a destructive pattern does he bring in the best talent that he can find though i i th- i mean how There's, can you get people to come play here in draft Portland? through the draft you're pretty happy with caleb swanigan right now playing in the I'm pretty G happy with cj and with dame i think he's got the it's best two talent guys how many draft picks has he had in the time that he's taken those guys when did cj get Four years ago was that four years? Well, five. So he's played. This I think you. I think you fifth, hit on his fifth season. I think you hit on two. Few, well, one's a perennial all star. The other one's a future perennial all star. I think perennial all star snub though. Yeah. Listen, the uh, great great guards are a dime a dozen in this league, and and you need to get you need to fill in some of those other positions. There's plenty of guys that we you need. Look Paul at, George. Listen. You need a better you need a better team if you're going to compete for a championship. You know what? If we and got if, Carmelo and, Anthony, and this we, wouldn't have happened. Well, listen, <laughs> if you and I knew how to put together a championship roster, we wouldn't be sitting here on a Saturday. We could be paid a lot of money. You know to what? Be in we the front we of do NBA. know how to do it. We just keep getting screwed over. Yes, we just need an opportunity. Nobody appreciates us. You know what people do appreciate? Huh. Good versus evil. That's next. Center and Saint, 1080 the fan. <laughs> Not all news makes the front page. So now's the time to look at the stories you may not need to know about. That was a camera shutter. But you'll be glad you did. It's time for Good versus Evil with the Sinner and the Saint on 1080. The Fan. It's going to be a little different today. Since it's the end of the year, we're going to look at all the best sports moments of the year. Oh, God. I kept my composure. I told you guys that I would go straight ahead. I told you guys that I will. I will take a little bit. Of, I will take some shots because I will come straight ahead. And I know that I just want to get a, you know, go out with a bang. Get the fans what they wanted to see. The fans wanted to see blood, sweat, and tears. I didn't want to get the fans a boring fight. Well, it was the fight of the century of the year. Mayweather versus McGregor was the one that was on everybody's mind, dating even back to 2016. Of course, McGregor ended up losing to Mayweather in the 10th round by TKO. The fight did what it was supposed to on a financial scale, generating a box office payout of over $55 million. The biggest storyline of the fight, though, was the buildup where both fighters would try to outdo themselves at press conferences. Do you see the trend of MMA fighters going to boxing moving past 2017? Don't know. Don't care. Um... (laughs) There's, oh, that great! Thanks. There's rumors of Pacquiao McGregor 
which it just sounds awful. Boxing is desperate. MMA, to, to me, is so overhyped. How many times in 2017, 2016 did they change fighters at the last minute? And then you have a champion get busted for, uh, you know, PEDs. To me, both sports have really no pull, no pull to draw me in. And I know you got this big Holly Holm cyborg fight. That sounds devastatingly unentertaining to me. If you have a good fight, cyborg. Here's the thing: if you have a good MMA fight, you just go back and watch the 14 second clip on YouTube of how somebody got knocked out. Other um, than that, getting sucks. the chance to play with some unbelievable teammates, and get, had the chance to be with some unbelievable coaches as well. I uh, got a chance to develop and evolve as a man, and um, I just felt it was best for my intentions to, to leave. The 2017 NBA offseason was anything but dull, with superstars from many different teams deciding to play elsewhere. It all started when Kyrie requested a trade to the Celtics, or just requested a trade from the Cavaliers, but it snowballed from there. Chris Paul requested a trade to play in Houston. Carmelo Anthony and Paul George went to OKC. Jimmy Butler took his talents to Minnesota, and Gordon Hayward went to Boston and then broke his leg. And C.J. McCollum learned Photoshop. <laughs> how many You're more, so proud of that joke. How many more super teams do you see forming in the next offseason? Well, it depends on how these super teams do. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder have tried to put together a little bit of a run. They're starting to get some team chemistry, a little bit of momentum. But you still have Paul George not playing on a regular basis. So we'll see what happens with them. If they can't, you know really crack their way through the Spurs and the Warriors who've been at the top of the West forever, then I don't see that sticking around. And Paul George has already said he wants to go play in Los Angeles, so he may only be there for one year. Are the Rockets a super team? I don't know. They added Chris Paul. is about it. The team was pretty great last year with just James Harden. They're pretty incredible this year. Again, regular season, what did they do in the playoffs with James Harden at the end of the year? They were kind of uh, noted for doing what now in 2017? Playing James Harden with a concussion? Quitting. Oh, quitting. Quitting is what it was. And the correct answer, yes, he had a concussion, but he could still go and party all night in the nightclubs. Uh, Those are some good shots. Wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL owners when somebody disrespects our flag to say, get that son of a bitch off the field right now, out, he's fired. Well, it was the sports story that dominated the NFL season and politics for a good part of the year. NFL players kneeling became a hot button issue that saw President Trump get involved, calling Kaepernick file a grievance, players staging a mass protest and the drop off of NFL fans. Much of the blame was placed on Roger Goodell's handling of the situation, while many people even just ignored the fact that the players were still playing. How do you see the NFL continuing to thrive into the next decade facing this problem and the CTE problem? Oh, they're not going to thrive. XFL's coming back, baby. They're going to (laughs) take it over. They're going to start getting out. You know who's a perfect fit for the XFL? Baker Mayfield. That's right. Heisman Trophy winners start going to the XFL. Everybody else will follow. He really is, though. I know. That's why He would be a perfect XFL guy. I mean, that's somebody who gets out. I mean, this is great timing, too. He should be your poster guy for it. I just said that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm just reaffirming it. Okay. okay. This is my favorite story of the year. And it's also year. It's also your favorite story of the Ooh. year. Hugh Freeze getting caught calling uh, escorts on his work phone. This story had everything. Hugh Freeze, escorts, work phones, and a super weird press conference where the old Miss Athletic Director and Chancellor talked about Hugh Freeze having sex. There's nothing better. You forgot one thing else that I also had. What? 
It all started from uh, allegations from a guy named Houston Nutt. Yeah, Houston Nutt. Houston Nutt goes, look at my cell phone records, look at his cell phone records. So they did, and that's how the whole thing came to light. I don't know if it was my favorite story of the year, but it does have was all, all the intrigue and everything you could want. It was great, too, because uh, Freeze was a, was a self-devout Christian. Like, he was very holier-than-thou about it. Like, he really put it out there in the community, but he was yep. he was doinking escorts. Well, it's just funny, too. Like, it's... It, you have to go, like, imagine being in a university and you're like, well, these, this number's kind of weird. Goes, it was rounded through Detroit, back to Florida. And then he goes, to, oh, that was the wrong number. Yes, I called it 60 <laughs> times. Yeah, kept trying to call Domino's. Yeah, how much did the school pay him? Some five, something. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. It's not good. Yeah, buy your own cell phone, dummy. Uh, hey, there's a, um, have you heard about this thing called Twitter? Yeah. At... Center Saint 1080. Uh, we have a Twitter poll. Go there and play along. Will, what is our Twitter poll? Twitter poll is who would you not want to have been in 2017? Options Rick Patino, Hugh Freeze, Dolphins coked out coach that did coke before a meeting, or other write in. Okay. So there you go. Go to there. Uh, Bridgeport Beers text line 55305. Let us know who you. Least likely want to be, least like to be in 2017. Uh, text those in, put them on our Twitter, fill out the poll. We'll get to those uh, next and back to college football. When we return, you're listening to Center and Saint on 1080 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.